think that group would be better with a good bass singer in it, don't you? I asked them where my microphone was. Brother Pickett just grinned like a possum, you know. I don't know what that means. But it's good to have you here today. If you'll join me in your Bible to the book of Genesis chapter number uh, 12. Genesis chapter 12 today. And uh, thus far we've preached uh, messages out of 11 chapters in the book of Genesis, which has covered approximately 2,000 years in human history, about 2,000 years. And uh, we've spoken about creation. I believe that God stepped out on the ledge of nothing and spoke, and everything come into existence out of nothing. God creates out of nothing. We create out of what God has created already. Amen. We've talked about creation. We've discussed the fall of man, how that uh, Adam and Eve uh, disobeyed God, and God expelled them from the garden, dying spiritually that day, separated from God, and God put a garden to keep man from getting back into the garden. And thank God there is a way now back, and his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. We talked about the fall. We talked about the flood. And I enjoyed studying about the flood. And uh, then we talked uh, last week about a tower, a tower that was to reach into heaven. And God saw how that man getting together and thinking the wrong thing, got man into trouble, and God came down and confounded the language and dispersed humanity all over the face of the earth. Today we talk about a young man by the name of Abraham. Take your Bible, please, and we'll look at the call of Abraham. Let me read for you just four verses out of chapter 12. Genesis chapter number 12. Now, I'd like to remind you of something, and you know this, I'm sure. But only second to the Lord Jesus, Abraham is the most important man in the New Testament. Notice I did not say the Old Testament, the New Testament. Only second to the Lord Jesus, Abraham is the most important individual in the New Testament. And that's why in the book of Genesis, God takes 12 chapters just concerning Abraham. A couple of chapters for Adam. 12 chapters for Abraham. Look like maybe you're questioning that. Hold your place in Genesis 12. Go in your New Testament, Galatians chapter number 3. For your learning this week or any other time, it would be good if you would study Romans 4 and Galatians 3. Galatians chapter number 3. 
in reference to our text today, in verse number 6 of Galatians chapter number 3. Now, don't worry about the kid on that's going that away. I was going to tell that mama I can out-preach that kid any time. Take him to the nursery. We've got an hour and a half knock-you-out stick. <laughs> Please, if you're visiting, don't believe that. I'm just... I know a lot of kids needs one longer. Listen... And I raised them, all right? Notice now, verse 3, Galatians 3. Even as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, not works, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. So then, they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Only second to the Lord Jesus is Abraham's importance. Maybe we ought to listen to the text today and see what we can learn from this man, Abraham. I read for you chapter 12, verse number 1 of the book of Genesis. And the Bible says, Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. You got a family? You want to be blessed? You better find out what Abraham's got on his mind then. Because in him, Abraham, all families of the earth be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Aram. Now J.T.'s got something on the... On the, the screen there. And I want you to look the beginning of the journey from where Abraham started. Look like we ran out of map up there. But that's good. Always keeps us 
suspicion of what's going on. JT, you are a genius. Now look where the Ur of Chaldees is located. Now take your Bible just a minute and look at chapter 11 and verse 27. And when you're looking there, I want you to keep in the back of your mind these words. Chapter 12 and verse 1. And the Lord had said unto Abraham, had previously told Abraham, I want you to leave the earth of Chaldees, I want you to leave your father, I want you to leave your kindred, I want you to go to a place I will show thee. Now if you look that red line all the way around there, it's approximately 450 miles from where he started to where he stopped halfway where God told him. Now he's closer than he was. But he's not where God wants him to be. Look at verse 27 of chapter 11. Now these are the generations of Terah. Terah begat Abram, that's our man, Nahor and Haran. And Haran begat Lot. You folk remember Lot. A lot of us remember Lot. And Aram died before his father Terah, and the land in the land of the nativity in the Ur of Chaldees. How would you like to live in a place called Ur? You're bound to have a bad complex. Where are you from, Ur? <laughs> That's where Abraham's from, Ur. No wonder God told him to leave. Just go anywhere, but you don't need to be stuck and er. And Terah took Abram, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his son's son, and Sarah, his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife, and they went forth with them from Er of the Chaldeans to go into the land of Canaan, and they came into Haran and dwelt there. You know, I know a lot of Christians are halfway to where God wants them. But the problem is you've settled. You got comfortable. We're happy. We're just happy as we can be, almost, where God wants us. Notice, if you would please, the Bible says that Abraham was 75 years old in Genesis 12 when God saved him and called him. You said the old man, he ain't got much left. No, just a hundred more years. When God called Abraham and saved him, he had a hundred years left to live. In that 100 years, the world has been shaped and the world has been positioned 
like no other century in all of the history of mankind. It's from this man, Ishmael was born, who the Bible describes as he will be a wild man. It is through this man that Isaac is born. And he is the father of the Jews and the Israelis. It's through this man, according to Matthew chapter number 1 and verse 1, Jesus Christ, the son of David and the son of Abraham. It's through this man that Christianity had its beginning. Think with me just a minute on the earth in the news and on the earth scene today. We have a conflict between Israel and the Palestinians. There's a conflict between the Muslims and the Christians. Abraham is the only man in all the Bible that is loved and adored and held in high esteem by every one of those religions. Abraham is the pivotal key to the history of mankind. Not David, not Solomon, not Belshazzar or Nebuchadnezzar, Alexander the Great, or the Caesars of Rome has affected the history of humanity like the man called Abraham. Think about it, if you would, please. The heir of Chaldees, when God called him at 75 years old, and when God saved him at 75 years old, he was a very successful businessman in Ur. How'd you like to write a card like that? At 75 years old, he's married to one of those beautiful women ever to grace the face of the earth. Her name is Sarah. At 65 years old, Abraham had to lie about his wife because she was so beautiful that he was fearful for his life when he went to Egypt because he knew the kings and the pharaohs and the princes would try to induct her into their harem. And he talked his wife into lying about being his sister. At 65 years old, she was a Lulu, a knockout. They would have used her on every news broadcast on primetime television. I'm getting so sick. Let's go on. I'd hate to be a man who was a news commentator in Fort Worth. Let's go on. With lintage and a pedigree that took him all the way back, Abraham I'm talking about, with a lintage and a pedigree that took him all the way back to Adam. Through Seth, through Shem, 
and through his father. With lineage that he could brag about in any country. But yet, rich and respected and religious, at 75 years old, listen, a good man, rich man, on his way to hell. A religious man, a rich man, a businessman, a man with a lintage, a pedigree. And yet, all of that, and on his way to hell. Wouldn't it be a shame today for you to be a church member of Joshua Baptist Church? A good man, a good person, a good woman. And still on your way to hell because your religion is standing between you and a relationship with Jesus Christ. Abraham, yes, his encounter with God is hinted at in Genesis 11. But it's documented through the whole Bible. Last night I set it into the house and I had my Bible and I was trying to study. God knows the football game didn't interrupt it. <laughs> That's faith. And I, I spoke to my wife, and I said, Honey, I, I, I just so wish that I had my Strong's Concordance here. I, I would like to just go through the Strong's Concordance and read every verse and every passage that has to deal with Abraham. She said, You have one on your iPad. I said, How do you find it? Now, I know I'd run the iPad. I just didn't know where the iPad was. <laughs> so after about an hour of pushing buttons on my iPad, I finally found the one that said power. <laughs> Never shall forget when D. Bernie was alive. Many of you don't remember D. Bernie, but he was a, a gracious, gracious friend of mine. And I was mowing one of his yards had a Honda lawnmower. And I never used a Honda lawnmower before because, you know, we use J.C. Higgins. We don't have them fancy names. So I started that lawnmower. And I started going around the yard, and that thing, we were just going around the yard, and I just I mowed three or four rounds. And I looked at it, and it looked like it was before I went over it. And I said, Brother D, you have got the sorriest lawnmower I have ever seen. He reached down and hit a button, and the cutter started turning. <laughs> I did not know what to say except, what's that noise? <laughs> have you ever felt that way? Romans chapter 4 and verse 3. It says, Abraham believed God, 
and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. In the book of James, and a lot of folk have trouble with the book of James because uh, they feel that James is teaching salvation by works and so forth and so on. But in the book of James, chapter 2 and verse 23, the Bible says, And the scripture was fulfilled which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. Imputed. Reckoned. Applied. Or think. Now when God looks at Abraham, he just thinks that he's righteous. Because God has imputed to Abraham righteousness, eternal salvation, because, listen now, he believed God. It's just that simple. Hebrews 11 and verse 8. I'll read it for you if you allow me to. The Bible says, By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whether he went. Now, why would anybody do that? God calls Abraham at 75 years old in the Ur of Chaldees, an educated, an eloquent, literate, industrious place, at 75 and calls him out and says, Hey, Abraham, how would you like to be blessed? How would you like to be a blessing? How would you like for you and your family to be a blessing for every family on the earth? If you want that, why don't you just follow me? You know how difficult it is? Abraham believed God. What do you believe? How much faith do you have to have to believe God? I think you need to realize there's much to learn in the life of Abraham. Three things in closing. You said you hadn't started. But I'm always said I'm closing. Today, I thought I'd just help you to say, now I'm starting. Let's take a look at Abraham's country, his calling, and his choice. The Bible says, look at verse in chapter 11, that Abraham lived in the Ur of Chaldees. It's on the map. You know, I never heard of it. Must be a very, very dull place. Look at it in the Arabian desert. Not too far if you go over to the right a little bit, and JT can't do that because we don't go right here. We always go left. Just a little way to the left there is the Persian Gulf. That JT sharpened. You still ain't got no water, JT. 
There's no water on it. <laughs> JT's confused now. JT, put down the pizza, okay? Uh, but what we need to realize when we read that, we just read that like another word, but you need to realize that in, in the earth of Chaldees, it was a very cultured and educational area. Back in the 20s and the 30s, Sir Charles Leonard Woolley excavated in and around the area of Chaldees and came up with some of the greatest treasures that archaeology has ever found. The Ur's Royal Cemetery, they found 16 tombs that was filled with golden headdresses and gold and silver harps. Each tomb also contained up to 74 bodies of the servants that was buried with the king. Also revealed that the houses in the area of Chaldees, most of them were two-story. They were whitewashed for, for, for beautification. And each house contained a kitchen, sanitation, and all the plumbing that was needed to make the house comfortable. They found that the schools in the era of Chaldees taught mathematics, astronomy, and medicine. It was a city that contained one of the largest libraries ever to be excavated. I say that to say this. Abraham was not your normal redneck from out back. He was wealthy, he was successful, he had a family, and had emotional ties to his homeland. But not only was it an educational and a culture center, it was a center of idolatry. Preacher, how do you know that? Because I read Romans chapter 4, where that it said that the gods they served, Terah and Abraham, they were idols. God said to Abraham, I can't use you messing around with idols. And I can't bless you if you're hanging around with family and friends who's worshiping idols. The country was not conducive to loving God. Love not the world, neither the things in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now listen to me. 75, 75, with a family, beautiful wife, successful in business, and God says, Abraham, I want you to pack your duds and get out of here. What if Abraham would have said, well, where am I going? God said, that's my business. 
to a land I will show thee, not tell you of, not send you a picture. Hey, we're talking about believing God now. Please, all you folks who are mad at me, raise your head. It ain't time to pray. Abraham, I know you're 75. I know you have emotional ties to the Ur of Chaldees. But I want you to pack up and get out. That's what he said. Would at least somebody who's a member of this church say amen beside me and Doug? That's what he said. I think maybe that could be applicable to us today. Because we live in a country that is cultured and educated. Who think we Baptists that preaches the old-time gospel is a bunch of rednecks from Ur. That's what, that's what they think. Because we don't want to hang around their idols. But yet... We drag our idols with us everywhere we go. And I just want you to know something. If you want God to bless, you've got to get rid of your idols. You say, but you don't understand, that's something I can folk. What's father? Kindred. Jesus even said that Our enemies are those of our own household. And I'm saying to you today, there's a lesson we might be able to learn from Brother Abraham. And I want you to know when it comes to salvation, it is God who always initiates the relationship, not us. Remember some times ago, somebody said, uh, he, I found it. No, you didn't find it. He found you. Amen. It wasn't you chasing him. It wasn't me chasing him. It was him chasing me. And I thank God he found me in Farmer's Branch, Texas, one night at Thursday night soul winning. And a soul winner walked in my house and asked me, if you died today, do you know where you'd spend eternity? Thank God. Wrapped up in my idols, wrapped up in my business, wrapped up in my family, and God sent the gospel to shed light on a darkened, hellbound life. I wasn't 75, but I am now. And still going, bless God. A lot of folk have the idea that you're, you'll find God. No, you won't find God. You're not looking for Him. You said, I'm in church today. No, you're just in church. You ain't looking for God. God always looks for us. I used to sing, he was seeking for me. He was seeking for me. You say, why did you quit singing? He found me. (laughs) Listen. Years ago when I was in evangelism, I was a preacher. We pulled up to, to the house that I was going to be staying in. And, buddy, I can tell you about some places where I stayed when I was an evangelist. You need to be tough. The places I stayed, one night a guy took me to his church and opened the door and said, Now, preacher, don't 
unlock this door till in the morning. I said, why? He said, somebody will kill you. That's why. You want me to stay here? Yeah, I'll just keep the door locked. Yeah. So I was in Florida. We pulled up to this place I was going to be staying. And when I pulled up, two teenagers, big old boys, came running out the door, running down the street. Preacher said, I wonder what they stood. So I, I started chasing one of them. I was going to catch him for the law. He was running and I was running. And I thought, I might as well slow down, look like I'm ganging. Just slow down. He's chasing you. You're not chasing him. At 75, God found Abraham just exactly where he knew he was. And he said, Abraham, what are you doing in Iran? Well, I'm almost to where you want me. Abraham, I didn't call you to go almost. Abraham's choice was go where he wanted to go. Settle down where he wanted to settle down. Make a few more bucks. Get a few more servants over to Rand. But God didn't call him to Rand. God called him to go to a place that he would show him. And that was Cain. Let me tell you something. Listen. You don't almost make it to heaven. Uh, it's, you've settled down in Iran because that's your own idea of where, how you get to heaven. Uh, you, you, you've worked out your own plan for God. And oh yes, you go to church on a regular basis or whenever you feel like it. And yes, sir, you are here in Iran. Not in Canaan. God wants you in Canaan, Abraham. Notice what he says in chapter 12 and verse 1. And the Lord had that's what he said. And the Lord had said unto Abraham. Abraham was almost obedient. He left the country, but he took his dad and Lot and a bunch of family with him. Guess who got Abraham in trouble? The folk he took with him. Get this. If you're going to go to God, you need to leave the hog pen behind. Most folk come to the altar, Dear God, I'm sorry for this hog pen. And gets up, takes the hog pen back home with him. And waller in it all week long. Arguing, raise hell, cheat God, everything else in the world, and just dive in the slime of the hog pen all week long. Hurt, argue, raise hell, cheat. Then on Sunday, they bring that hog pen back down the aisle again. Dear Lord, this hog pen is terrible. Get right up and drag their hog pen. You don't go to heaven dragging your hog pen. I thought that was pretty good, but 
At least God's recognizing it. Hear him outside saying, Amen, preacher, Amen. Notice his call. Notice, if you would please, his choice. See, Abraham had a choice. Notice verse 4. And the Bible said in verse 4, So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. (laughs) And Lot went with him. I think I'd have left Lot at the house. I said, Lot, you might be a lot of trouble. The thing I'll leave with you, God's call and God's conversion is not without great challenge. I don't know who ever told you, if you get saved, everything is just a bucket of honey. And there's no trouble, no problems. If you're married, automatically, God writes over you peace and harmony forever. I don't know which version you got that out of. But the more I read about women, is the more I need to read about women. And the more I read about men, I probably ought to go on and just without hurting anybody's feelings. But this call of God and Abraham's choice, now think with me just a minute, had to be very challenging. I was 26 years old when I got saved. You wouldn't believe it, but my hair has not always been this color are this sparse. You wouldn't believe it, but my hair was curly and kinky, which worked good with ducktails and pomade. You could get in a hurricane and your hair just stayed right where it was. This morning, I walked in the church, and a lady sneezed about 30 feet away, and my hair just went everywhere. We've come a long way, baby. I had 22 men working for me in a tool and die shop, several hundred thousand dollars in debt, a family, and a lot of money in my pocket which did not belong to me. It was somewhere between banks that I picked that up. Of course, you've never floated any paper. Let's go on up. And at 26 years of age, with four kids, and I think three of them in diapers, God said, Gene, I want you to preach the gospel. at an altar just like this in a missions conference in the month of March. I don't know if you know it or not, but that's very challenging. The call of God was challenging. 
What am I going to do with the business? What am I going to do with my cars? What am I going to do with the debt? What, am I gonna, what, what about my family? What about my kids? God said, I'm not calling them. I'm calling them. Sarah was not called. Sarah was obedient to her husband. And she went where God wanted her husband. See, I don't believe that. Won't you read over there where it says that Sarah reverenced him and called him Lord? Ha, ha, ha! That'll bless you, won't it, girls? Come on, girls, give me a hearty amen. You said, if you don't know my husband, I ain't reverence that booger. You picked him out. You the one that marred your toes in that clay bank. Challenging. You think you're the only one that the call of God and the conversion of God is challenging? No, the call of God is always challenging. It's just some believe God. And they leave the Earl of Chaldee. They make a choice. That choice is very important. God said, if you will follow me, I will give you a possession that you cannot even comprehend. And I read through the book of Genesis and I saw the boundaries of the promised land, the land that God gave Abraham that belongs to the Jew. I have no animosity against anybody, but that land over there belongs to the Jews. That's God's promise to Abraham. Then I thought, what would make a man, I'm closing, not starting, I'm closing. What would make a man like Abraham, 75, make the challenging choice of leaving everything this old world has to offer and pitch all their idols and all the materialism and pitch it to the wind and follow God? What would make anybody do that? Abraham. I looked through it at the book of Genesis, and I didn't find that. I don't understand it. Then I looked in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 10. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. When we were here, I remember Brian Free singing, now you know why I quit singing Abraham believed God and obeyed God not because of Canaan because God promised him let not your hearts be troubled you believe in God believe also in me In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Now go to prayer place for you. Uh, Looking for a city whose builder 
and foundation in God. And if I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself. Now listen, that where I am, there you may be also. Abraham. Nothing special. God called him simple, intellectual, not emotional. The Bible said, and he just believed God. And it was counted unto him for righteousness. Is there anybody here today willing to take God at his word? reason Abraham followed God, God promised him a possession. And lastly, God promised him that he'd be a blessing. Christianity is hurting for Christians who want and desire to be a blessing to somebody else. Abraham, how would you like to be a blessing to every family on the earth. I'd like that. Get out. Get out of get out of earth. And get into what I'm in. And thou shalt be a blessing. You'll never understand this. You've sat down with somebody who's lost and undone, addicted to this world, maybe to its materialism, maybe to its idolatry, maybe its drugs, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. But you'll never understand. When you sat down and shared with somebody the simple, unadulterated gospel. And here a sinner begin to weep and to say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm steeped in idolatry in this world. And I know I'm lost. When that sinner says, Lord Jesus, forgive me and forgive me of my sin. And that person gets saved. That person will never forget you. Not in time nor eternity. You have been a blessing. But now look. You cannot bless anybody for God until you have been blessed personally by God. If you want to be a blessing, then why don't you allow first God to bless you and save you? 
Preacher, I don't know if I can do that or not. How many here believe God? Say amen. How many here believe that God is? Well, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, do what? Shall not perish, but have everlasting life. It's not what you do, it's what God does. You just come here and say, God, I want it. And God says, here it is. You say, that's simple. It'd have to be for me and you to believe it. You say, me, you, that's all I got to do is just accept Christ? Yeah. The Bible said, to as many as receive him, Christ, to them gave you the power to become the sons of God. It's not works of righteousness which we've done, but by his mercy he saves us. Don't you dare, don't you dare go to hell living in earth. Get out of earth and get in Christ. And we're going to let you do that. We're going to extend an invitation. You say, what's that? We're just going to ask you, would you please come and go to heaven with us? And just start the trip by taking a stand out of where you are and let somebody show you how to get out of earth and how to get in 